the podcast. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 23 of the Right Right Podcast, your weekly pep talk on living the writing life. My name is Elon. My name is John. And my name is Craig. And we are the hosts of the Right Right Podcast, which is your weekly pep talk on living the writing life. If you're new, you're probably not. You're probably one of our diehard super fans. All eight of you guys just really holding on. Thank you for being here. Anyway, so the last two weeks, we talked about plotting and pantsing, respectively. And this time, we're going to be talking about plotting, panthering, and all manner of hybrid methods, which, um, despite our very best efforts, seemed sort of to continuously come up over the course of the last two episodes, because it's how we write. And it's kind of what I think most writers at this point do. Most writers that I talk to seem to fall somewhere along the line along this very fluid spectrum of plotting and discovery writing. Um, so I think we should just get straight into it. Um, I'd like to ask you first, where on the spectrum you both sit in terms of closeness to plotting versus pantsing? Uh, I am definitely on the plotting half of the spectrum. I would say midway between plotting and plotting. Uh, I do a fair bit of plotting, but I do leave some stuff up to discovery writing. Um, that's tough. I, I mean, I want to say I'm 80% discovery, uh, 20% plotter, but it's so hard for me to know because so much of how I discovery write is uh, it incorporates a lot of plotting things. <laughs> it, you know, like what I write down often is setting up things for later or time or like ways to tie back to earlier so um yeah i guess 80 20 would be my best way to label that yeah i think i'm i'm much closer to the pantsing side of the equation um as i mentioned in the plotting episode i'm starting to sort of dip my toes into plotting and i'm finding it to be very beneficial um but it's definitely a learned uh skill um it's because um, as as a discovery writer or as a recovering discovery writer, I suppose my um, my intuition is to fill out much more information uh, than is necessary strictly for an outline. Um, so I'll often end up expanding too much in an outline or uh, focusing too little on what are considered sort of major story beats because I'm too distracted by how I want a scene to appear rather than what I want it to accomplish. Um, so I, I, I lean heavily towards plotting, but I am trying to push my myself toward, or I mean, I, I lean heavily towards pantsing. I'm trying to push myself toward plotting uh, over time. Um, what aspects of plotting appeal to you? Uh, for me, I do like knowing where I'm going to go uh, because I've been in many situations where I start writing something and I can't tell where it's going or I can tell it's going nowhere or it's going somewhere I don't want to go. And so I trash the whole project. And so I've lost hours, days, weeks, months, depending on how big it is and how far in I am. Um, so with some fair amount of plotting, I avoid that happening in most cases. And I hate dropping the ball or dropping the many balls. Um, so I, I'm I'm writing like a uh, epic fantasy story with all these pieces, and you know this is sort of I'm I'm new in into writing, relatively speaking. You know I don't have like 
30 novels under my belt, and now I'm trying the epic fantasy. It's sort of, I'm learning as I go, and and so uh, so there's a lot to hold on to, and what I like about um, some plotting techniques is at least the, the hybrid things that I've developed um, help me, are mostly ways just for me to remember promises I've made earlier, questions the reader may have, um, and, and they're there to, to not bog, I don't want to get bogged down by them, so I don't fill out all these sheets and build the world and build character profiles. I, you know, it's more just keeping track of everything that's in the air so I don't drop it all and I can come back to this source and layer and, and consult it as I go forward. Yeah, I am, um, in thinking about dropping the ball, um, I, I, what I like about plotting is uh, that I know where I'm going. Uh, it's something that, that Craig just said, but um, a good example is, is in this story that I'm working on now, um, the scene came to a natural end and I didn't end it because I was just kind of like discovery writing and I added like just like a bunch of malarkey like like stuff kept happening and it got somewhere really interesting but I was frustrated with myself as I was writing because I was like well now how am I going to end this thing like I was like I was in a really good stopping point and then I wrote this thing that I like a lot and I think it expands well on the story but it didn't have to do it here and now I'm stuck trying to wrap up these individual threads um, and so for plotting, it gives me, uh, it's like bowling with, uh, with bumpers. You're like, it's still fun to bowl, but I don't have to constantly be throwing gutter balls. <laughs> um, and eventually once you get, you know, w once you get comfortable with sort of the structure and form of story, maybe you don't need the bumpers anymore and you can discovery write smoothly through these kinds of, uh, plot elements that, um, might be more difficult for a novice writer like myself to catch. Um, so I think that for me, plotting serves as a set of boundaries that I self-impose so that I can focus on the story that I want to tell instead of transmitting individual moments that seem compelling at the time. Um, so on the flip side, what aspects of pantsing do you like? Uh, for myself, I do like the unexpected that comes up in pantsing, which I would imagine is something that we all uh, touch on in our answers. But particularly for myself, uh, it comes up in character dialogue when a character might say something about their past that I, as a writer, did not know about until that moment. Mm. Um, and then that leads to... Um, could lead to developments in character relations and perhaps developments in plot that are much more interesting because it's rooted in character. Um, for me, it's, you know, I, I had the thought, I got distracted because our cat wizard had his claw stuck in the screen and we were just about to jump up and help. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get this back here. What was I saying about not wanting to drop the ball? <laughs> <laughs> um, what I what I like about um, pantsing is this, the freedom to let the story breathe. Um, I find that a lot of times when I go into a scene thinking I need to write or even I might have fleshed out as, yeah, the, the direction just of a scene is not at all what's, what's going to happen. And that's probably, I don't think it's a reflection of general how you should write. It's more my brain and how my brain works. 
that I have a harder time grasping the abstract from the onset. So like the deeper level, like what's the theme? What's the what's going to be the major conflict here? How's this going to develop the story? I don't always enter a scene knowing that exactly. I find the writing teaches me. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like the freedom to just let the story go where it's going to go helps me get to that point where I'm like, ah, that's what I'm doing here. It's sort of like when I was a kid in math class and we learned some new algebra that made no sense. And then suddenly through practicing, the light went on and I saw what I was doing. I find that very much like that's how my hybrid process works. I dive in and I write. And through that, the higher level plot stuff happens. And then when I know that, I can apply it to the scene. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we're all touching on the same idea of that beauty of um, of learning alongside your character, of, of reading the story you're writing in a way, um, and enjoying that aspect of that we love so much of reading, where we are learning alongside the characters, we are uh, perceiving new elements of plot as the, as they arise. It's it's thrilling. It's why we love to read. And as discovery writers, we get that experience simultaneously while creating the story, and it is surreal to be doing both at the same time i think that mine touches on that as well the thing i the thing i enjoy most but it has to do more with that state of flow that you get into when you're really writing and things are moving and uh there's this feeling it's 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 intoxicating it's like the reason i i sit down to write and it's that feeling that what i am writing like i'm catching up to something that that is already there it's this strange feeling like this must already have been written because I'm barely keeping up with what happens. And um, it's it's such an incredible feeling to be writing a story and it feels like you're writing it in real time and you are sort of at the behest of it. And it is, I don't know, it's such a cool feeling to be um, in that state of like unity with your story where... It, where it really feels like you're copying something down not like you're making it up but like you're just copying something down that's either happening or has already been written and um and that is just like best drug i've ever taken like it's such a cool feeling um and that's that's what i deeply love about about discovery writing as you're describing that it's reminding me of a story i heard about mozart where i don't know if it's story or one of my piano teachers when i was a kid told me that he, with the music he wrote, I mean, he didn't have to sit and think about it. He literally could not write it down fast enough. Mm-hmm. It was this music already in his head, and he just, he he couldn't stop. It was like, okay, let's grab this one, and down it goes. Yeah. <laughs> and that experience, I think stories are like that, too. They're, they, it's like they already exist in this abstract world, and we are, like, channelers going in. And Yeah, that's how get- it feels. Like, you're channeling a story, and it is it is the coolest feeling and it's what made me you know when i was experimenting with do i want to be a writer what is it that what is it about writing that appeals to me so much um and i started following the write about dragons classes from brandon sanderson and uh drafting a story with uh with their uh, lessons and stuff um i felt that for the first time and i was like yeah this is why i want to be a writer because this is this is the great like i've i've gone skydiving and it was amazing and this rivals that you know this 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 complete and utter uh, sense of wonder at what's happening in 
as, as you're sitting at a keyboard or with a with a pencil or a pen. Um, so yeah, it's pretty magical, and I like to write. I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, moving on. Uh, what does your process look like? What kind of do you do you write stuff by hand? Do you have index cards? Do you use software? Do you um, do you just like have a Word document open and you work on it ad nauseum, or do you have uh, any of the many types of uh, crazy cool software out there? I know that we all use Scrivener at some point, um, but there's also uh, Scapel made by the same company, which is like mind mapping software where you can sort of write chunks of text and connect them with lines there's timeline software there's all kinds of things that you can use out there to sort of uh get ideas down uh for myself i might be the boring one in the group i just use a uh I, well i use an apple computer so i open up text edit which i think is like notepad on uh, windows computers and i just write notes in there about my plot and where i think it's going for writing, I just use Word because I use multiple computers and they don't all have Scrivener, so I can't rely on Scrivener. So, sorry, what was your hybrid? I got caught up in the software end of the question. So the hybrid part of the process, uh, I've sort of explained it from both aspects already. I just I have a basic outline of where the scene starts and where it ends. I may have some notes about the meat of the scene if it is complicated. If not, that's just all in my head. I need. I know that the characters need to physically move here or there and they need to talk about this or that in the process of getting from point A to point B. My notes are pretty simple, which is why I use just text edit to uh, keep them. Um, I would describe my process a lot like how I plan chess moves. I play a lot of chess. Um, so I usually have a really good sense of what's coming in the next day or two. So like your next moves. And then I have a vague sense of several moves ahead. I think chess, I try to think, say, seven moves ahead or so. Um, knowing that as every as you proceed, it's unlikely that what you're anticipating will be exactly where you end up. So I have always, like, generally the scene I'm in, I'll have all kinds of notes. And it's chaos. It's like walking into a glassmaker's studio. I mean, uh, anybody reading that would not be able to make any sense of it. Uh, and I usually delete all those notes. They're just kind of there until I pass over and they're not relevant anymore. But then when I'm writing, um, there are moments when I kind of stop. And they'll sort of stop to think about, okay, I know something comes next, but I really need to just reflect on this. And that's often where uh, I'll scroll down. Like, I use Scrivener. Um, and so Scrivener allows you to have other notes and stuff, but I always use the split pane feature. Um, so I can actually have the same, say I'm working on scene or chapter three. I'll, I'll call it three in the list and I'll have it open twice. And I could scroll down to my notes on the bottom half and I can have where I'm writing on the top half so that I can kind of see between the two. If I have to reference a previous chapter, I can open that in the bottom pane. And I can be reading that. Sometimes I might even copy and paste a little into where I'm writing as a refresher and, and work it in. So it's kind of um, like I describe my process as very chaotic. Um, and like the notes that I have ahead are more just like general ideas of where things are going based on where the current story is at. Um, I often loop back uh, to the beginning. Uh, so like let's say I'm... 
like Thousand Roses, I was writing it when I got to chapter 21, I hit my stride. Sort of like I connected to what I'm doing, what the story's all about. And from 21 through to the epilogue, like there's 27 chapters and there's an epilogue and it was done. I already had notes layered all over chapters one and on and I decided that it was going to be like one of those old 1980s arcade games where you run out of the right side of the screen and come back. Yeah. So rather than finishing, I went right to the first chapter and I worked my way forward because I knew I had to rewrite so much, mm-hmm. had these notes. But, you know, those all took shape as I was writing the chapter 27 epilogue. It's like, okay, I know what I have to do. But I had no clue until that point. So so it's kind of just, uh, it, it evolved. The, the plans evolved as I go. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. I think, uh, you know, for what it's worth, my plan or my, my hybrid process looks a little closer to John's where I use Scrivener to write. I have it on every device. I probably ill-advisedly install it on all my work computers um so that for whatever reason if i'm at work and i have an idea or a thought i just can like quickly open scrivener i have all of my writing on dropbox quickly add something and then close scrivener down um and uh like the functional the functional process that that i that i hybridize looks like um i will have a scrivener uh project open i will create files for each of the or like text files for each of like the key uh, points or chapters or what have you. I don't stick to those as like a strict order. Sometimes uh, I realize that there are fewer chapters than I've initially placed in this thing or, you know, whatever. Um, and I'll use the, uh, the inspector, the uh, there's a little like notes section in the inspector and I'll just jot down thoughts as I'm drafting. Um, and what I typically do is I have the, Uh, I'll use like the full screen writing mode and then I'll open a little floating inspector window with my comments in it so that I can add to it but not have too much visual stimulation on the screen Um, because I find that I'm easily distractible and if there's too many neat buttons I'll just push them all. Um, So like fundamentally my process is have a draft document open, discovery write, a thought will occur to me in the process of discovery writing and I will jot down that thought and get back to the draft. Um, when I was working on that that first epic fantasy that I mentioned, I actually kept a paper notebook. Um, and any time, because what I was doing was I was actually discovery writing the world as well. I came up with a sort of wow factor. I came up with a with a key. Uh, the antagonist was a biological concept, like it was, or not biological. It was like a geological issue um, with the planet. Uh, and as I wrote ideas came to me in terms of how that would affect certain elements of structure or of society of uh cuisine of government of of economics and i would just jot those down quickly and then i would extrapolate on them later and expand but i was just keeping a uh an actual notepad a notebook with a pen as i wrote and i'd be like okay uh water is toxic that means that water is such and such commodity is valuable. That means that living near rivers is ill-advised. That means all these different things about how houses would be built. It means different materials would need to be used. It means trees would grow differently. And those things didn't all occur to me once. At once, they would just occur to me as I wrote. And I'd be like, oh, well, you know, how does snow work if water's toxic? Okay. And then, uh, so I was discovery writing the world in a notebook while I wrote the draft as a discovery writing project separately. Um, And that, I think, was suitably chaotic. Uh, as well. Um, I do really enjoy keeping a paper notebook on hand. 
uh, everywhere I go so that I can write things down quickly. Um, because I find, I don't know if you guys have this problem, but if I try to take notes on my phone, I will unlock my phone and immediately forget what I was about to do on it. Um, I'll be like, I'll be like, oh, oops, it's Twitter. Oops. What was I doing? Really have that problem, but I'm pretty sure John does. Um, so yeah, I, I really like paper. <laughs> yeah, I totally have that problem. I, how often have I gone on? This is, I think, going to be our next episode. I, I have this problem. I go on my phone to do one thing, and how did I end up in Slack? Or yeah, how did I end up in email? I, I was, I went on, and I don't even remember why I went on it. It's, yeah. it's terrible. <laughs> we should, we should do an episode on distraction, um, because yeah. I am. Yeah, I get that way. It's the writer's <laughs> end in, in many ways. I mean, it's it's one thing that you can't just magic away, but it's something that is as an issue for I think every everyone except people who have managed to create a hermit life where they have no technology and yeah, yeah. Woody they Allen would, famously would, writes on the same typewriter that he's been writing on his whole life, right? Uh, that's and right. uh, he he cuts and pastes with literal scissors and glue, um, and I mean he he's a figuring out without his problems. But I th I find that fascinating. Um, one final question, as we are out of time, before we go to our uh, recommended reading and any activities you might think of, and that is: Have you ever rolled dice to determine outcomes? I have not, but I have a friend that's convinced that that's what George R. R. Martin does with his Game of Thrones series. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, and just rolls, oh, this happens next. And I think her theory in large part is just the way that a lot of the plots and the world and everything unfolds a lot like a D&D &D game. Yeah. Or the campaign. So I think that's where she's thinking. So it's sort of like the critical junctures. It's like, okay, roll a D6. Roll a Totally. You know, I think I think that discovery writing can often feel that way because things will just come out of left field and you'll be like, what just happened? That must have been like a critical fail or like what what is yeah. it that drove you, writer, to do this very bizarre thing? Um, and uh, I haven't done it, but I've always wanted to. I just haven't ever actually had the need to. I've never been at a crossroads like that and not known what was coming because if I reach crossroads like that, the character is so certain about what's coming next that I don't have to actually make that decision. Um, but I know a friend of ours, I think uh, Derek Adams, who wrote Asteroid Made of Dragons and a couple other books, I'm fairly certain that he rolls dice uh, because his books are like shenanigan romps of tremendous fun. And some of that stuff has to be a dice roll. Like there's no way that it's not. <laughs> I feel like, I roll dice mentally. I don't actually roll them for real, but what often happens is when I'm away from the story, I am actually going to tie back to something you mentioned about ideas and notebooks with this here. Um, when I, uh, so I'm away from my manuscript. I, I just, I follow this rule that I do not open it. I do not touch it. I don't even write down notes. I write down nothing. Um, even if I get a gee whiz idea, I ignore it. Because my belief is that, well, I've, I've found this, that the really good stuff sticks. The things that aren't so important, I either forget them or they evolve into something better or they change. Like So I've found that it's like a percolation. It comes to the manuscript with me. Um, but usually what I find happens is it's that stepping away, that kind of void I create. I get these crazy insights that it's like totally 
like different direction than I had been planning. And so it sort of, I mean, it's as radical as, as rolling a dice. I mean, I, I made uh, several choices in the end of my current uh, manuscript that um, were like nothing like I thought. But mm. they kind of came in that, that randomness that you allow yourself to throw in there, um, you know, whether you're rolling a dice or not. I mean, you're, you're free to do what you want. True. And it, it, it is your story. <laughs> yeah. And many times when you pick the opposite, that's like that sort of third path that you're not, you might not see if you're married to this strict outline or if you're, you know, even if you're discovery writing and you're just like, okay, what comes next? And you're just trying to think about that. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes this like other place that where ideas can come from. Totally. Do you get, uh, is there a place that gives you the most in terms of your like burning ideas? Like, is there is there a context in which you get your non not currently writing ideas? My walks, my afternoon walks. That's my probably where I have my most. That or the morning shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I find showers are a really good place to think of stuff. Um, yeah. Incongruously, or maybe very congruously, um, I've been getting a lot of ideas lately on my motorcycle on my ride to and from work. Like, I came up with an idea that completely changes the nature of a story that I've been really wanting to write but have been afraid to write because it has too many like geopolitical implications given the setting um, oh. like I, I want to write a story uh, uh, that takes place within the Israeli-Palestinian conflict because it's near and dear to my heart as an Israeli but it's very difficult to write in that environment without 